You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. And today, let's go ahead and talk about the early enrollees, names that are already at Texas A&M, who could benefit a lot from getting those early reps being a part of spring ball, and of course, possibly seeing more consistent play come 2022. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and of course, the LockedOnPodcastNetwork.com. This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head on over to NetSuite.com slash locked on for a special end of the year financing or beginning of the year financing for the number one financial system in growing businesses today. As always, my name is Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show at Mr. Cole Thompson for those of you who want to follow me on Twitter. And I love public feedback. So anything you can do to make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 May related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So this is going to be a very abbreviated episode. There's been a lot going on in my day, so I haven't been able to have enough time to really put together three major parts, 25, 30 minutes, the usual shtick. So we're going to try and keep this about 15 to 20 minutes max. So let's go ahead and start off with my big opening. And this is something that I think that is very going to be interesting. Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL, potentially. There's a report out there by Bruce Feldman. If there's anybody who knows anything about coaching hires, it is Bruce Feldman. I will tell you this right now. You could go ahead and tell me every single person that you think is going to be good at naming a coaching hire. I will tell you right now, until I know that Bruce Feldman has reported it, I will take it with a grain of salt. You can tell me that. Um, let's just go throw one out there. Uh, crap, not crap. I'm, uh, Matt Zenitz from On3Sports. You can tell me right now. Targeting this person as the hire. Okay. I believe that there is a conversation we had. The second Bruce Feldman says it, that's true. And Bruce Owen reported that earlier this week, there was going to be a conversation of potentially Jim Harbaugh leaving the Big Ten and Michigan to go to the NFL. Which brought to my next point, would a team contact Jimbo Fisher for the same thing? Um, I'm going to come out and just say it right now. No, I don't think so. I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, plain and simple, the reason why, uh, Jimbo Fisher turned down a major job in America. And when you turn down a major job in America, I think you're set. What does that mean? So when he took the uh, when he had an offer by Scott Woodward to go to LSU, he said no. LSU I would put as probably better than thirty NFL jobs. Maybe maybe not thirty, maybe more like twenty eight, but it's better than about twenty eight jobs inside of the NFL. I'd say the Dallas Cowboys, the Pittsburgh Steelers, probably right now because they have Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs. And I would possibly throw in New England. I don't really believe it's New England. Maybe it would be Los Angeles because it's out west. Maybe it's one of those teams. But the Dallas Cowboys, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, I would go Kansas City and then maybe one other team. Would be the only teams to where I'm looking at LSU and just like, I would take them over LSU. Everywhere else, i take LSU. If I was getting the Chargers shop, I'd take LSU. If I was getting the Bengals shop, I'd take LSU. If I was getting the Jaguars shop, I would immediately take LSU. I would every single time take LSU. And the reason why I would take LSU is because LSU has the funds, they have the necessities, and it's an easy recruiting path. 
you have a recruiting bed that is very vastly undervalued and you are the only school. You are it. You are the only school that will absolutely have to control your state. Hey, I want you to stay in Louisiana. I want you to play for us here at the University of Louisiana State. I want you here. LSU is where you belong. Okay, I'm coming here. And kids do it all the time. So when Jimbo Fisher said no to all that, when he said, no, I don't want to go to LSU. I want to stay at Texas A&M. I honestly think that that took him off the market for every other program. And I mean every, every team in America. Alabama, Florida, uh, Florida um, uh, USC, Dallas Cowboys, uh, New England Patriots, Kansas City Chiefs, any team. When you said no to LSU, you basically were saying, this is where I want to be. This is where I'm going. This is where I'm going to stay. You can't get me to change my mind. And I do think that it is interesting that Jim Harbaugh, who is an alum of Michigan, is looking at the NFL. I think that the reason why he's looking at the NFL is because right now, the Big Ten is hard. They have had three wins since 2000 over Ohio State. And it feels like 99.8% of the time. Now, 0.2% is somebody else. Uh, it is somebody else. But um, when you see that, when you see that part of the conversation... It's either, L, uh, it's either Ohio State or it's Michigan supposed to be getting the Big Ten Championship. And nine times out of ten, it's just Ohio State. And if Brian Day is not going to go to the pros, which there is a report out there, and I've, I've talked to a couple people around the Chicago area, the Bears would be interested in adding Ryan Day. That would be the only job that he would be that he'd probably get offered. That would be the only job that he would probably take as well. Unless Ryan Day is going pro, and by the way, if Ryan Day goes to the pros, we know who's going to take over for him at Ohio State. It's Luke Fickle. Like, it's it's Luke Fickle. We don't need to have this big old coaching search hire. It's Luke Fickle. It will be Luke Fickle. It will 100% be Luke Fickle. I don't need to go much further. I still think that when you add Luke Fickle to the conversation, there is a possibility that potentially, yes, very much potentially, you could see the likes of Michigan still struggle. So Jim Harbaugh understands that. Jim Harbaugh knows that right now may be his best time to go back to the NFL. He got his team in the college football playoff. He's had multiple 10-win seasons. There's an opportunity for him to go pro. Go for it. And you got to remember that the college football playoff committee will always consider two SEC teams because you look at the schools. You look at Texas A&M and LSU and Alabama and Georgia and Florida and all these major programs and how talented they are. They're going to take that with a grain of salt. They're not going to do that in the Big Ten. You can't lose to a Penn State one weekend and then beat the crap out of a Rutgers team and then beat the crap out of an Iowa team and then lose to a Michigan State team. They're not going to take that into consideration. It's just never going to happen. So Jim Harbaugh, I think, understands that right now the ceiling is I'm good enough to be right there as a contender every year. But I'm not good enough to beat Bama. I'm not good enough to beat Georgia. I'm not good enough to beat the SEC teams. The SEC is still dominant. I mean, you look at some other teams. You look at USC. You look at potentially Oregon. You look at Miami. You look at Clemson. Am I good enough to beat those teams? And in the pros, you are. Because if you pay for the players. In college, you recruit the best players. And sometimes that's easier said than done. Michigan has never been a great, great, great recruiting ground. They've been great at developing talent, but they've not been like a star stud recruiting school. Nine times out of 10, they're in the top 15, but they're usually not in the top 10. So when that's the case, you know, Michigan kind of take that, takes that step back. And that's a big problem. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Jimbo Fisher has everything that he wants right now. And that's another thing is that Michigan, I feel like there's stipulations. There's going to be some, you know, there's going to be some name. There's going to be some recognition. We're at A&M. 
just be you. And I promise you, you go ahead and continue to bring in recruiting classes like this and you get 10 wins every year, you're going to be fine. And 10 wins may be enough to eventually, once Saban goes, win you the SEC West. And then once you win the SEC West, if you win the SEC, you're at least a New Year's Six Bowl game every year. And there's a very valid argument that A&M will be the top school in the West, especially when Nick Saban retires, as long as Jimbo Fisher's there. So it's an easier path for him. This episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by Bill Bar. It's a new year, which means it's a new you. And sometimes that new you is about getting fit or eating healthier. Just make sure you do it with Bill Bar. Bill Bar is like a candy bar, but it's more of a protein bar, and it actually tastes better than a candy bar. And if you don't believe me, they're covered in 100% real chocolate and soft and easy to choose. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and only 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar with zero grams of protein, 30 grams of sugar, 240 calories, and dozens and dozens and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for a new year and a new you. Go all in on the treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Go ahead and throw away the salty sweets. Go visit BuiltBar.com, get you their unique flavors, and go use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. I'm Cole Thompson, and this is a brand new uh, episode that we're talking about, and we have a brand new app and a brand new partnership here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are going to make up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. All you got to do is download the Get Upside app at the Apple Store or go visit Google Play right now. Use the promo code SCORE. That's right. You got to use SCORE because that's the college code and you will get a bonus 25% off every single gallon that you use on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the, pa- at the pumps anymore. Get your cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app, use the promo code SCORE and get up to 50 cents off every gallon on your first tank. That's basically enough to buy a brand new bag of dinner, whatever you really want with that. NFL, you can use the score touchdown, or if you're using the college one, free upside at score college, get 50%, 50 cents off a gallon and cash back on your first tank. That code is score for college. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making your first listen every day. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and of course, the Locked on Podcast Network. So let's go ahead and talk about the early enrollees. There's, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's 11 early enrollees right now. That's a lot. That's actually a pretty decent amount. Ish Harris, the linebacker from Pilot Point, Texas. Jared Kerr, the uh, safety from Lexington, Texas. Bobby Taylor, finally Bobby Taylor is an Aggie. He's finally on board. He is here. He is in Aggie land. You also have the likes of um, Bryce Anderson from Beaumont. He has arrived. Jake Johnson, the brother of Max Johnson. And Max Johnson is here. So those are seven. So now we're on seven. Uh, Anthony Lucas from uh, Arizona, the defensive tackle. Denver Harris, the cornerback from North Shore, is already enrolled. Um, he's already enrolled on campus. Evan Stewart, Connor Wangman, and Gabriel Brownlow Dindy. So I was 12. I was off by one. They're all early enrollees. Now, let's go ahead and break down my top three names of who I believe is going to benefit the most from coming out of this. I'm going to start with number three, and I'm going to do a time because I think that both these guys are going to be in the conversation Max Johnson and Connor Wangman. Both being there early gives them time to win the starting job. And it's important that they need to be there early because you got to remember, Haynes King does have a head start. And whether Haynes King wins the job or not, whether it is Max Johnson, whether it is Connor Wangman, the fact is you do not know what you have with Haynes King still. You have no idea what you have with Connor Wangman and how much he needs to work and improve. And you have no idea what Max Johnson is bringing you because it's a brand new offense for him. 
for all three quarterbacks to be in the same room at the same time, learning the same system under Daryl Dickey and under Jimbo Fisher is a monumental thing. It gives you time. It gives you reps. It gives you film. It gives you film. That's the key. Film. You get to watch him practice every single day. What you do wrong? Where, did, where was your first read? Why did you not look there? Why was this not your first read? Why did you go make this throw? You get to go ahead and learn, readapt, reconfigure, and come back and realize, boom, I'm good. I'm in a great spot. Let's do it. Now, again, that's one thing. That is one thing that's really important. The other thing that's really important about both Wangman and Johnson being there you kind of get to see the battle, and that's really fun, in my opinion. You got to remember that there's always the Maroon and White game every spring. So there's going to be QB versus QB. Last year was Haynes King versus Zach Calzada. This year, it would have been Haynes King versus Blake Boast. We sure that we already know who's not going to win that game? And I get it. It's a scrimmage. It doesn't matter. Except it totally does. It 100% matters. The scrimmage 100% does matter. And you do look at the names that are coming in early. For them to be able to get reps, for Connor Wingman to be able to see what he can do, to see what Jay, uh, what Max Johnson can do, to see what Haynes King can build off of from last year, it's monumental. So I love the fact that both Jake jo- uh, Max Johnson and Connor Wingman are on campus. They're there. They're learning. They're picking up the system. They're going through the cadences. They're going through the tundra. They're going through the rhythm. They're getting the workouts in. They're going through the regiments. They're going to be game day ready come September. So that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. And... Max Johnson was always going to be there, but Wangman being there is also very, very, very big. Number two, this is the middle guy. And I want to throw an honorable mention in there. I'll probably throw it at the very end. But number two, I think it's Gabriel Brownlow-Dendy. I really do think that is a big time. And the reason why I think it's so big to have Brownlow-Dendy here is because if you're replacing the talent of a guy such as DeMarvin Leal, but you're also replacing a talent of Michael Clemens. And you have no idea what Fidel Diggs can do. And you have no idea what really Danell Harris can do. They haven't shown enough to where you can sit there and go, boom, edge, edge, starting. You don't know. I mean, it's great that they have upside and that you've seen very little. And what you have seen is at least promising, but it adds a level of competition. And a lot like Din- and Dindy is a lot like DeMarvin Leal. And what I mean by that is they list him as a uh, defensive, uh, defensive lineman. Not a defensive end, not a defensive tackle. He can do a little bit of both. You can play him as a D-end. You can play him as a DT. You can play him across the middle of the field. You can play him in the middle. You can play him on the edge. And that's a good thing. You get to find out where he best fits. If you got to put a little bit of weight on him to play inside, cool. He's in there. He's getting the workout. He's going through the weight training. He's getting in proper shape for September. If you want to play him on the edge, great. We got to either slow him down. We got to bulk him up a little bit because we have no idea what we're going to be running. We have no idea what's going to happen. So we got to go ahead and address those needs now, get them out of the way to bring it in for the later. So I really do like that Brownlow Dindy is there. I honestly think that like him and Walter Nolan are going to be the two big names of that defensive line class. I really do think that even if you add in Shamar Stewart, that'll be great. But I, I again, I think that when you get Brownlow Dindy, that's the name I want to be on the lookout for because if he can do a lot of what DeMarvin Leal did, maybe on third down, you play him inside, maybe on second and fir- uh, first and second down, you play him on the edge. Let's go ahead and see what he can do. He is a defensive lineman. He is interchangeable. I would love to see how he can make an immediate impact and find a way to be right out of the get-go, the biggest name on the rise. So I'm very excited to see what he can do this year. 
This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on the backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business nowadays? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated financial software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed business owners increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. That's netsuite.com slash locked. Head on over to netsuite.com slash locked for a once-in-a-lifetime kind of offer, financing, and so much more with the number one financial growing business in today's systems. netsuite.com slash locked. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks so much for making your first listen every single day right here on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com. And of course, make sure your second listen is Locked On Bets with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It takes takes odds, waivers, and much, much more when you go with the Locked On Bets podcast, presented by BetOnline.ag, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So the number one guy, the guy that I think has the most to gain being here early, it's a little bit of a surprise. It's Evan Stewart. It is. A&M needs a number one wide receiver. They do. I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it. I'm not going to be here and go ahead and make a big deal. I'm going to go ahead and just say what I have to say. A&M needs a number one wide receiver. If it's not Demond Demas, then it has to be somebody else. And you have to decide right now who is your number one going into next year. If it's Moose Muhammad in the slot, awesome. If Anaya Smith comes back, Agent Zeros being the number one guy, awesome. If you go ahead and you want to play Chase Lane, awesome. You want to go ahead and let Caleb Chapman play, awesome. Do whatever you want to do and build your roster however you want. I'm totally cool with it, but you got to find a number one receiver. The fact of the matter is that Zach Calzado, good, bad, indifferent, however you feel on him, once again, the leading receiver had under 700 receiving yards. That can't happen. I'm sorry. I, I, I say that as nicely as possible. That can't happen. You can't play in the SEC and say, oh, yeah, we have a lot of guys who are great, and they average 430 yards receiving a year. And, oh, yeah, he's got six touchdowns all coming within the 10. That's not good enough. That's not a good enough answer. And when you think about it, the fact that Anaya Smith and Moose Muhammad led the team in touchdowns and Moose barely played, he just was a touchdown machine when he did play, and Anaya Smith and Jalen Weidemeyer played almost every snap, and they had the exact same amount of touchdowns. Isn't that a problem? Like, isn't that a little bit of a problem? So a guy like Evan Stewart, a vertical threat, great speed, home run ability, can be that difference maker? Let him. I mean, absolutely let him be that difference maker. I don't care how he plays. I don't care how you get him on the football field. If he can take the tops off defense, if he can utilize his speed, win at the route running, be able to win at line scrimmage with, you know, man coverage, be able to kind of read and adapt to zone defenses, let him play. Let him play right away. That's the guy who I'm most looking forward to seeing because if they need a number one wide receiver. I'm tired of seeing these guys go, oh yeah, we have great wide receiver depth. You have great wide receiver depth. You don't have a great number one wide receiver. I don't know who the number two is. I don't know who the number three is. Anaya Smith likely is your number one. Good. You still got to have depth behind him. And right now, it's very hard for me to trust any of these guys 
because nobody has taken that next step. It felt like right here, right here, right here, Damon Demas and Moose Muhammad and Chase Lane and Anaya Smith and Anaya goes right above them and then there's not that much of a drop off. I want to see who can be that number one guy. Evan Stewart being here, learning the offense, maybe building a, uh, building a cicada with the likes of Haynes King and Connor Wengman, huge. I mean, monumentally huge for the program. Absolutely huge for the future of Texas A&M football. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media, at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, it's official. It is official. DJ Jerkin is now the next defense coordinator at Texas A&M. My thoughts on it, and I promise you, for you A&M fans who are going to be all hating because of I'm always against the Aggies, you're really not going to want to this episode. You're absolutely not. See you tomorrow, and remember, you give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.